VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer is woke. Christian creator of the well-known children's video series VeggieTales, Paul Vischer, is woke, folks. Recently, in some tweets, Vischer appears to be defending voting for the corrupt influence peddler Joe Biden, who embraces all sorts of policy positions that oppose biblical truth. Biden vigorously supports the Equality Act, which will lead to the oppression of theologically orthodox Christians. Biden enthusiastically affirms the legal redefinition of marriage to include homoerotic unions. He supports the chemical sterilization and surgical mutilation of gender dysphoric minors. He supports the sexual integration of women's private spaces. And the corrupt Biden supports both the slaughter of humans in the womb through all nine months of pregnancy for any and no reason, as well as compelling taxpayers to fund them. No worries for Vischer. He's got a host of fallacious arguments to defend voting for the deceitful, corrupt Biden. On October 19th, Vischer tweeted this. Next question. What do we do if a pro-life candidate is promoting an anti-immigrant or anti-refugee worldview or an ethno-nationalist worldview? Does abortion still trump all other concerns, even if the candidate would have little actual positive impact on the unborn? And in another tweet, he wrote, So, if Jesus asks us to defend the least of these, which includes the poor, immigrants, refugees, the incarcerated, the sick, as well as the unborn, do we still favor the pro-life candidate if we fear their policies and worldview will hurt the rest of the list? End quote. Vischer's suggestion that Christians are justified in voting for a pro-feticide candidate echoes the argument made by the group calling itself pro-life evangelicals for Biden, no joke, who argue, quote, we believe a biblically shaped commitment to the sanctity of human life compels us to a consistent ethic of life that affirms the sanctity of life from beginning to end. Many things that good political decisions could change destroy persons created in the image of God and violate the sanctity of human life. Poverty kills millions every year. So does lack of health care and smoking. Racism kills. Unless we quickly make major changes, devastating climate change will kill tens of millions. Poverty, lack of accessible health care services, smoking, racism, and climate change are all pro-life issues. End quote. Theologian Dr. E. Calvin Beisner destroyed their argument. He wrote, quote, Pro-life evangelicals for Biden demonstrates two serious failures in ethical thinking, the failure to distinguish between intentional and accidental harm, and the failure to distinguish between death on the one hand and lesser harms on the other. The Bible clearly makes those distinctions with important consequences. See, for examples, Exodus 21 and 22. By failing to make these distinctions, Pro-life evangelicals for Biden obscures the meaning of pro-life and undermines the pro-life movement. In abortion, every successful procedure intentionally kills a human being. Poverty, lack of health care, and smoking may lead to poor health and sometimes death, but none of them involves someone intentionally killing another person, and neither does climate change, regardless whether you think it's catastrophic and primarily man-made or benign and primarily natural. And while racial bigotry does involve unjust intent, it rarely leads to intentional killing. Another serious ethical failure in this statement is confusing negative rights against harm 
with positive rights to benefits. Negative rights are consistent and enforceable, but positive rights are inherently self-contradictory and unenforceable. Your negative right against assault and battery doesn't contradict any right of mine. My positive right to a universal basic income or adequate health care can only be enforced by the state's willingness to violate your negative right against the forcible taking of your property to pay for it. Negative rights are the implication of true biblical justice. Positive rights are the expression of Marxist socialist egalitarianism, end quote. Vischer evidently believes that opposition to illegal immigration is anti-immigrant or anti-refugee. Is he suggesting that unless America has open borders and the government subsidizes all the needs of every immigrant, we are neglecting the biblical admonition to care for the least of these? If not, then does he have a specific number of immigrants that America must allow in to satisfy the biblical command to defend the least of these? Perhaps Vischer could explain what an ethno-nationalist worldview is and provide conclusive evidence that Trump holds such a view. Perhaps he could also provide evidence that proves that Trump's policies will hurt the poor, incarcerated, and sick. Before the Chinese communists unleashed the virus on the world and concealed its escape, Trump's economy had helped poor persons of color like Obama's economy never did. I assume Vischer's reference to hurting the sick is a reference to opposition to Obamacare. But the hope of conservatives is that getting rid of Obamacare would improve health care for everyone. Conservatives want to bring market forces to bear on health care to lower costs, increase access, and improve service. There's a reason many Canadians come to the U.S. for treatment and surgery. Without mentioning Trump by name, prognosticator Vischer suggests that Trump's re-election will, quote, have little impact on the unborn, end quote. Well, Trump seeks to defund calculated carnage and appoint conservative originalist judges, is it not possible that those efforts could one day have an impact on the unborn? Vischer has made several videos on race in America for his Holy Post podcasts and videos. In one video, Vischer responds to questions from whites who ask why Vischer continually refers to we when talking about societal or collective guilt for past acts of racism. He speciously argues that since Americans say things like, we defeated Hitler, and we put a man on the moon, and we won the Cold War, they should also say, we horribly mistreated Native Americans for centuries. Vischer claims that, quote, we love to take collective ownership for the great things America has done and then completely reject any ownership of the terrible things America has done, end quote. Seems like a rational and fair claim, but is it? Note that he uses the term collective ownership in the first half of his sentence, but omits the adjective collective in the second half. That change is relevant. More on that later. When Americans say, we defeated Hitler, or we put a man on the moon, are they assuming personal, individual responsibility and credit for achievements in the same way that leftists are demanding they now assume personal, individual responsibility and guilt 
for the racist acts in America's history? Or rather, are they saying great things have been achieved by Americans just as they say terrible things have been committed by Americans? Wokesters like Antifa, BLM, and Vischer are not merely asking that whites acknowledge that terrible things have been committed by Americans, which all Americans do admit. They are demanding that individual white Americans publicly acknowledge their personal individual culpability for the racism of dead white Americans. They want us to individually say, I am guilty, I am a racist. They hold whites-only corporate sensitivity workshops in which whites are expected to confess and self-flagellate for the sins of their ancestors. If we flip Vischer's analogy, does anyone ever say, I am personally responsible and deserve credit for the historical achievements of defeating Hitler and putting a man on the moon? No, of course, no one makes such a claim except perhaps an insane person. Vischer uses sophistry to suggest Americans say things they don't in order to compel them to confess to sins they did not commit. He expects white Americans who never claim personal individual credit for cultural achievements to take individual responsibility for the terrible things others have done. Vischer also abused scripture to argue that all white Christians should be held culpable for the past sins of others. His simplistic theological argument fails to address the complexity of Scripture on this issue, complexity that theologian and pastor Kevin DeYoung illuminates in his very helpful posts on this issue. Vischer argues that Daniel 9 and Nehemiah 1 prove that white Christians are guilty of the societal sin of historical racism and must societally repent. Vischer acknowledges that, quote, the Bible does talk about individual sin and individual repentance, end quote. And then he adds the leftist-infused comment that, quote, as highly individualistic Westerners, we like that. We get it, end quote. Word to the wokester, the Bible wasn't written exclusively to or for Westerners. DeYoung offers a more nuanced and helpful understanding of biblical teaching on individual and corporate responsibility, and I quote him, The Bible has a category for corporate responsibility. Culpability for sins committed can extend to a large group if virtually everyone in the group was active in the sin or if we bear the same spiritual resemblance to the perpetrators of the past. Furthermore, the sins of others can be imputed to us if there is a natural, moral, political, or voluntary union. And yet, the category of corporate responsibility can easily be stretched too far. The Jews of the Diaspora were not guilty of killing Jesus just because they were Jews. Neither were later Jews in Jerusalem charged with that crime just because they lived in the place where the crucifixion took place. And we must differentiate between other designated identity blocks and freely chosen covenantal communities. Moral complicity is not strictly individualistic, but it has its limits. All white people today are not automatically guilty of the racist sins of other white people. End quote. Both Joe Biden and President Trump are flawed humans. Christians and all voters who value the Constitution, the separation of powers, the rule of law, 
and biblical truth on the sanctity of life should focus on policies, principles, and the people who will be appointed by and serve under the next president. As historian and professor Victor Davis Hanson has said, if Americans want civilization, they must vote for President Trump.